It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Jennifer Schmidt, nutrition educator. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing education and life-changing nutrition counseling. In my case, it was life-saving. Let me tell you something. This show, this very show, has changed the course of my life. You know, it's frightening to think about how my life would have turned out if I hadn't started listening to this show 12 years ago. Some of you may recognize my voice and have heard my story before of how I overcame an addiction to compulsive exercise and an eating disorder by changing my nutrition. Do you or someone you know struggle with compulsive eating and poor digestion? If so, this is a great show for you. Although I never struggled with compulsive eating, I had other compulsive behaviors. I also had a lot of guilt, shame, and you know that stigma around compulsive behaviors? I had that too. I also had intense cravings for sugar and processed carbs, so I know what it feels like to be thinking about food all the time. I remember when I would wake up at 3 a.m. because my blood sugar was so low, I would crave something sweet, really anything to get my blood sugar up. So peanut butter and toast worked for me, not healthy, but it worked for me. This even happened to me when I was in treatment for my eating disorder and I would ask the nurses for graham crackers or juice in the middle of the night, both full of sugar, but it was a quick fix for me. In fact, I was eating all the time in treatment. The dietitian I work with couldn't believe how much I was eating. In fact, I had the biggest meal plan they, they had ever seen in the program. So you might ask, how was I able to overcome my addiction to exercise? And some listeners may be wondering, What was the root cause of my exercise addiction? The root cause I discovered was my poor gut health. And it may surprise you that once I eliminated the foods that were causing my digestive problems, I was able to overcome my exercise addiction. You know, it's difficult to understand how the foods I was eating and terrible digestive problems caused me to compulsively exercise. You know, even for me, it was difficult to understand. But once I made that connection, all I've ever wanted to do since then is share my story of recovery to help others that are struggling in the same way. Joining me in the studio today is Marcy Vasky, who is a licensed nutritionist who sees clients out of RYZ and Eden Prairie offices, and she teaches many classes. Marcy has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this topic as she has also struggled with an eating disorder and compulsive exercise. Welcome, Marcy. Welcome. Well, thank you, I mean, right? (laughs) Good morning. Um, You know, it's happy to be back in studio with you, Jennifer, and, you know, discussing again this very important topic um, of compulsive eating, eating disorders. And I think a lot of people out there can relate to this compulsive eating that we're going to talk about today. Um, You know, and it's not... It isn't that they don't have enough willpower or they, um, you know, don't have enough control. It's really a more of a biochemical and maybe underlying gut health problems 
That's really the problem. You know, my disordered eating started out at a young age, and um, it turned out that, you know, little did I know that dairy products were causing me a problem. You know, that milk and maybe cheese and yogurt, those things just made me feel gassy and bloated and puffed up and, and, and at the end of the day, feeling fat. So, mm-hmm. you know, after experiencing that eating disorder for years, I came to realize that for many people, it starts with maybe that poor intestinal health. Um, you know, and it's starting with those foods that they might be sensitive to that's breaking down their gut health, like the dairy products. You know, I used to eat cereal and milk for breakfast. And by the time I got to school, you know, lo and behold, I'd have that upset stomach every day and feeling bloated. Yes, Marcy, you know, I can also relate to that, too. And it's such a struggle, especially when you're a kid. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't really realize that my poor gut health was abnormal. You know, I thought I didn't really know what it felt like what you were supposed to feel like right. after you, you ate. just thought everybody had a stomach exactly. ache. Exactly, especially when you see these commercials and ads on TV for over-the-counter digestive aids. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, well, sure, I mean, everybody feels that way. Moms and dads who are listening, do you have a first grader who maybe doesn't want to go to school because their tummy is hurting? Maybe it's the cereal and milk causing the problem. You know, I remember I got bloated and felt miserable after eating things like cereal and milk, and I also felt the same way after eating toast and jelly. Then I would exercise a lot, really over-exercising to control the bloating and pain. Some people might be wondering, well, what do you mean, Jennifer, when you say over-exercising? What did that constitute? Well, it was usually, it was certainly every day, twice a day, with a total of about four to six hours a day. And it wasn't that I wanted to do it. It was I felt that I had to do it. And that was the difference. I can remember waking up early in the morning, looking at the ceiling like, gosh, I just can't go through Mm -hmm. with this another day. But again, it wasn't a choice. It was like a compulsion that I had to do this in order to feel normal. Right. And so for those people who might be feeling like, I don't want to eat that much. Mm -hmm. Why why can't I stop this? That compulsive eating. It's the same thing. They don't want to do it. Exactly. So let's get to the root cause of why they're doing this. You know, for many, um, that's how an eating disorder gets started. It's that gut health. And for me, it wasn't so much a psychological problem. It was a gut problem. So is that a new thought for you? Is that a new thought for our listeners out there, you know, um, that maybe this eating disorder or disordered eating, this compulsive eating is really a gut problem. Um, And that's, it can be how it gets started for sure. Exactly, Marcy. You know, it's such a relief when you do get the root, to the root cause of the problem because it really frees you again from that guilt and shame and you're not putting that blame on yourself. Right. Also joining us in the studio today is Shelby Hummel, who is a licensed nutritionist who sees clients out of our YZ office as well as teaches many classes. Shelby, you have a lot of food sensitivities that have caused you gut problems, which you were able to overcome by eliminating the foods you are sensitive to. Shelby can now help her clients that have food sensitivities, cravings, and those who struggle with compulsive eating. Welcome to the show, Shelby. Well, thank you. Good morning to both of you and good morning to our listeners. So it's, it's great to be back in the studio this morning. You know, it is kind of interesting to make that connection between disordered eating, compulsive eating, and gut health, right? So 
when we're talking about intestinal problems, you're right, Jennifer. I've been there and I can definitely relate to how freeing it can be to feel great when you remove those foods. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jennifer, one of the things that I can relate to is the dairy sensitivity. And I know that you said you're sensitive to things like milk and yogurt and cheese. So what were some other things that you may have been sensitive to? Well, Shelby, um, I was actually really sensitive to things like bread and pasta. And even though those were the foods I loved the most, I discovered it was causing many of my intestinal symptoms. It was the gluten grains in these foods that kind of made me feel bloated and uncomfortable. It made me want to exercise because, again, exercise helped ease the bloating, the cramping, the pain. In fact, listeners, can you imagine your fourth grader feeling like this after eating? And how would they be able to function in school? Well, that's that's pretty interesting. We talk about two common foods that a lot of people eat for breakfast. The dairy, the pasta. Not the pasta. pasta. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Buttered noodles, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mac and cheese. The dairy, the cereal, you know, the toast and jam. Um Really, that could be a direct route to disordered eating for a lot of people if their intestinal health is is impaired. So, Marcy, what foods would you say were causing your digestive distresses? Well, I think definitely it started out with the dairy in my life, um, creating a lot of that, you know, uh, bloating, gas, constipation was huge for me Mm -hmm. as a child and as an adult and forever. Um, So I definitely know that that's where that started, but also gluten played its own role. And once I eliminated those things, it felt so much better. And again, freeing of, Mm -hmm. you know, just, wow, I can feel like a normal person. I, Mm -hmm. you know, this is wonderful. Um, So, you know, definitely those two were my big ones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting, you know, and maybe as a listener, you're thinking, gosh, dairy and gluten or those grains, how can those affect what I want to eat? So eating disorders and compulsive exercise disorders, you know, those could be related to the foods that you're sensitive to. So again, those are the dairy products, maybe the processed foods like toast and cereal. That's right. You know, so as a nutritionist, when I'm working with people with an eating disorder, I immediately look to remove foods that they're sensitive to. And I do the same thing. It's really hard to convince people to think that we should be taking, well, yeah, number one, their gut health, but Mm -hmm. then to take out more food. Um, You know, and not everyone with an eating disorder has food sensitivity because, you know, they could be relied on other things. They could just have poor gut health because Mm -hmm. they have poor gut health. Exactly. Um, And it's creating more, you know, less neurotransmitters and Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. Um, But it's definitely something to take seriously. And people just want to jump on the thought that it's more psychological in nature Mm -hmm. first. So Mm -hmm. they're, when you look at them and say, it might be something around, you know, in your gut, and they're like, Okay, I thought I came in crazy, but now I know you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's important for them to make that connection, Marcy. And it looks like we're ready for our first break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today we are discussing compulsive eating, the intestinal health connection. Robert Crayon, in his book, Nutrition Made Simple, talks about that often foods you crave the most are the ones you're allergic or intolerant to, which seems really unfair, doesn't it? Yes, I used to crave bread, pasta, sugar, and dairy. 
But when I found out that I had to eliminate those foods, I was really bummed out. After healing my intestinal tract with healthy fats, proteins, and vegetable carbohydrates, I no longer crave these foods. And to tell you the, the truth, I enjoy the food I eat now more than I enjoyed the foods I had to eliminate, which I never thought would happen. If you have questions today about compulsive eating and intestinal health, please give the studio a call at 651-641-1071. There are some things we wish for you to do what everyone else can do. Hop in your car, go to work, slip right into a movie seat. Now there's a perk. Buy cute jeans right off the rack. Dance at the next wedding to love shack. Play tag with your kids and hear them say, that was the most awesomest day. Walk your dog, jog, or both just because you can. Comfortably fly coach all the way to Japan. Be there on graduation day, especially if it's yours and you got your MBA. Meet your greatest love and ride off into the sun. This is your life. Go live it. You've only got one. If you think you've tried everything to lose the weight that's keeping you from your best life, think again. Learn the new science of weight loss in the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. You can do this. We'll help you. You're not alone. This is a promise, not just a poem. Join us at weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist. And now before we went back, went to break, Jennifer talked about how food sensitivities can cause us to crave the very foods we are sensitive to. The best way to discover what those are is maybe to schedule an appointment with a nutritionist like myself or Shelby or any one of our other fantastic nutrition and dietitians on staff. We can help you. We can sit down with you and help you figure out what those foods are. You know, is it gluten? Is it dairy? And there are many clues that we look for in helping you find that. So to schedule an appointment with one of us, give our offices a call at 651-699-3438. That's right, Marcy. I mean, that's that was key in, in my healing. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So sitting down with someone one-on-one is really key. And it looks like we have a caller. We do. We have Jill. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What can we answer for you today? Hi. Um, I'm wondering, how do you know if you have a food sensitivity? Well, I would say what we just talked about is maybe making an appointment with one of um, the nutritionists or dietitians on our staff. Um, But I would, first of all, um, that would be my first number one thing. Um, Number two, I would, you know, start being more mindful about the foods that you're eating and paying attention to how your body responds to that. That would be, you know, a a way for you to kind of figure that out. Maybe keep a journal. That'd be fantastic. You know, write down what you eat and then write down um, how you feel next to it and maybe for a couple weeks. Is there also a good, um, good place to start as far as like reading um, maybe a good article or a book about some of this? You know, I think if you go to our website, weightandwellness.com, there's a lot of um, fantastic information, articles, uh, you know, past podcasts that you can listen to that would give you a lot of information on that. Yeah, and Jill, um, just one other thing that I, I know we talked a lot about digestive complaints for people. So if you sit down and after meals, you think, gosh, 
my pants are feeling tight or I'm feeling bloated, or even if you have any other thing that just feels mm-hmm. like it's not normal, um, headaches or you know, you get rashes or things like that, that's really where that food journal can come in and be really helpful in saying, gosh, this is what I ate and this is how I feel. So hopefully that gives you some good insight to get started. But otherwise, I know we have lots of information on our website. Well, great. All right. Thank you for your call, Jill. Thanks, Jill. When we put together today's show, we thought it was important to make you aware of digestive problems and food sensitivities that can often lead to an eating disorder. As co-hosts, Marcy and I have lived through this experience, and we want to share how removing these foods has aided in our recovery. Because we've been in traditional treatments, we realize that this is a different approach that has helped both of us in recovery. That's right, Jennifer. You know, we truly believe that this is a biochemical problem and not a psychological problem. Yes, and this is the very belief that has really helped me. Marcy, you know, would you be willing to take phone calls from a mom or dad or grandmother who has questions about the nutritional approach to eating disorders? Oh, of course. Yes. You know, definitely um, call in to um, our Wyzetta office or even our Eden Prairie office. I'm also there. Um, I really do encourage it. It's always great to talk to um, the mom or the dad or even the, you know, the, the client before they come in with eating disorder. It's, you need to understand them a little bit better. And also, um, they need to know your approach. And I think it's really important. Did you find that, Jennifer, to be yes, really important? I really did. And, and, you know, I had listened to Dishing Up Nutrition for seven years prior to coming in. So I kind of had that base knowledge. But I was able to be at that comfort level of calling in and kind of finding out, okay, how does this process work before I came in? So I think that's great. Well, and I'm sure, Marcy, that you can really relate with those clients who, you know, might have a little bit of guilt or some shame around how they're eating. And that can be a really great way for mom or dad or any concerned person to really kind of see see what we can do for them. Oh, see where you can help them out. Definitely. You're right. Thanks, Marcy. Let's get back to the topic of today's show, compulsive eating, the intestinal health connection. Compulsive eating is also an eating disorder and is often treated nutritionally in a very similar way. So maybe you've come home from work feeling a little hungry and you know you opened up a box of Girl Scout cookies with the intention of just having one. And then suddenly you look back over and they're all gone. Right. <laughs> Now what? <laughs> Maybe you're stopping and thinking, well, what happened? Did someone else come in and help me finish this <laughs> off? Or, you know, really, what's going on there? You know, that sounds like a blood sugar problem to me. And we're going to talk more about that later in the show. You know, but it could look like this. It could look like you stopped at McDonald's for an ice cream cone. And after eating half of it, you're like, well, mm, I think. I'm going to need another one after this. So you drive to the next McDonald's. You end up getting another ice cream cone. After you've eaten about a half of that, you're still thinking, wow, I could really go for another one. So pretty soon you've had six ice cream cones and you have no idea how you even got there. You know, how much of your compulsive eating isn't a decision. It's just happening to Mm -hmm. you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that out of control feeling can be debilitating. So now this is starting to get more complicated. Could be a blood sugar problem, or it could be all the chemicals in the ice cream. 
How many of you have realized that the chemicals in the food, especially MSG, drive your compulsive eating behavior? Oh, that's an interesting thought. Those mm-hmm. chemicals. So we've talked earlier in the show about intestinal health, or how foods are digested and how that makes us feel. But maybe you're thinking, okay, well, what about these sinus infections? That used to be me. Sinus infections, ear infections, and I would always think. You know, you take the antibiotics and then maybe you don't really think much about wanting the ice cream or wanting the cookies or craving the sweets after you have those antibiotics. It's a hard connection to put together for people. Mm -hmm. It really is. Until we, you know, learn it, we don't Mm -hmm. really put that together. Yeah. So when we're talking about gut health, you know, maybe you hadn't thought that that little bowl of popcorn before bed was going to disappear. You know, you put a bag of popcorn in the microwave and now all of a sudden you have four bowls of popcorn to eat. And then maybe after those four bowls are gone, it doesn't feel like enough. So you toss another bag in the microwave and here we go again. You know, and you're left wondering why all of a sudden am I having all of these cravings? Mm -hmm. Antibiotics for the sinus infection did kill off the bad bacteria causing it, but it also killed off all the good bacteria And suddenly cravings occur for mostly sugar and processed carbs. Absolutely. And compulsive eating, just like all eating disorders, are very complex problems. They can have many causes and many solutions. So let's address the first one that we talked about, Jennifer. It's the blood sugar problem. And we talked about the compulsive eater that ate through that whole box of Girl Scout cookies. And that's pretty easy to do if you've skipped a meal or you come home with without that afternoon snack. And all of a sudden, you have to make a thought about, gosh, what am I going to have for dinner? You just want to eat the first thing you see. Exactly. Right, you're starving. Your brain is starving. You know, we have another caller. Would you guys like to take one? That'd be great. All right. Hey, Stella. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What can we answer for you today? I was wondering about, because my stomach hurts all the time, so then I eat to cover for that pain. And I know I shouldn't have dairy anymore. I really try not to. Mm-hmm. But I, like, fill it up with, like, kefir, which they said was a probiotic. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to fix the gut health. But if I use the kefir, which comes in milk, then I'm sick even more so. Right. So I would not do that. There are definitely better ways to get the the probiotics, and there are things that I can do, um, some dairy-free options from, you know, food. But, Stella, I think, you know, sitting down with a nutritionist would probably help uncover what's causing those digestive complaints. And get you onto a path of healing your intestinal health. It's going to be difficult because I'm a vegetarian, and I do, I mean... Bread to make me really sick, as well as dairy, mm-hmm. and I just fill everything up with bread because once you fill your stomach up, then it doesn't feel quite as bad. But then afterwards, it feels worse. But dairy is—I mean, meat is definitely not an option for me. Well, then I think it's even more important that you come in and sit down with one of us. Um, we just get really creative with your meal plan, and there are ways that you can feel better, Stella. Okay. Okay. 
Thanks, Stella. Thank you. Thank you, Stella. Well, it's time for our second break already. Yeah, so you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and today we are discussing compulsive eating and its connection to intestinal health. So, you know, if you have a question about compulsive eating and intestinal health, please give us a call in the studio. You can reach us at 651-641-1071. Next week, we're offering, offering our Nutrition for Weight Loss classes that are starting March 6th. So actually March 6th, Monday, I will be teaching a class in Maple Grove. So, you know, if you've considered this class before, maybe you want to know what we offer. Well, let me ask you this. What would it look like to live with less? What if you lived with less pain, less irritability, less anxiety, less cravings, and less compulsive behaviors? These classes were designed to help you in all areas of your life. So to sign up for classes, give our office a call at 651-699-3438. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Coming up at the end of March is our Weight and Wellness Series. If you want to learn more about how to balance your blood sugars, manage your digestive health, both of which we're discussing today, if you want to learn more about heart health, inflammation in your body, the food mood connection, and how to get a better night's sleep, I encourage you to sign up for this life-changing series. They start the week of March 27th, and I'll be teaching the one starting in Lakeville. We also are offering classes in St. Paul and Wyzetta. And if you sign up by March 19th, you can get $50 off the series, which is a great deal. So give our offices a call at 651-699-3438 to ask questions or to sign up for the classes. It really is a great class, that weight and wellness series. So I encourage everybody to get out there and sign up, especially with that great deal. And, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about all the time on the radio show and in weight and wellness series is keeping that blood sugar balanced. Right, girls? We're always talking about that. You know, so we've said it a million times, and all of our longtime listeners can say it with me. (laughs) Eat food in balance five times a day. You know, so what does that mean? What does that mean? It means eating protein, so mostly in the form of animal proteins, those good, healthy fats like coconut oil, butter, nuts. And then when we talk about vegetables, we talk, or sorry, carbohydrates, we talk about vegetable carbohydrates um, and, and making sure we're getting that. So it's protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Yes, the magic of three, eating three every three that Cassie and Kate talked about last week, too. So I have to eat frequently throughout the day. And here are some ideas if you want to shut down that urge to compulsively eat. Here's an example of a snack I often have at work, especially before going into a long surgery. I'm a dental assistant, and I work in a dental surgery practice. And I need a snack that will keep my blood sugars balanced to get me through the surgeries, which can last up to four to five hours. So I have a protein shake that consists of one scoop of Ucan powder, one scoop of protein powder, a half a cup of full-fat coconut milk, the one you find in a can, and about a cup of water. Ucan was designed to help balance blood sugars for several hours, and I think all the nurses listening could benefit from my Ucan shake. It works really well for me. If you have more questions about Ucan, you know, Shelby, would you be willing to take 
calls maybe at the Wayzata office to answer questions about UCAN? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I imagine just, Jennifer, just like you said, you know, that UCAN can be really important to keep your blood sugar balanced. So if, if anyone does have any questions, you can reach me at the Wayzata office, 952-345-0766. And I would be more than willing to answer any questions about that product. Thanks, Shelby. You know, years ago, I would set myself up for low blood sugar crashes because my lunch most days in the past would consist of things like fat-free pretzels, licorice, and diet soda. And years ago, I would observe some of my coworkers eating things like microwave popcorn and diet Coke for lunch every day. Hmm. You know, sadly, about 80% of the food available to us in the grocery stores is processed. That leaves 20% of real foods to choose from. Wow. Isn't that, that's a big difference there. It is. <laughs> you know, no wonder it's hard to make healthy Right. Choices. And people get confused. It's so easy, you know. Exactly. So, you know, actually we have our grocery store tours coming up starting Tuesday, March 7th. So if, you know, if you want to learn about how to, you know, how to find healthier foods if grocery shopping seems overwhelming to you. This is a great solution. It's going to help you navigate the never-ending aisles of food products and finally make sense of those food labels. And it's such a fun time. I can say that because I've I've done a grocery store tour and I know that it's a small group, so you're definitely able to get your questions answered. And we, we take about an hour to an hour and a half to go through um, a grocery store throughout the Twin Cities area. And it's really fun. You get practical tips and mm-hmm. can find brands that are going to have high quality ingredients in them. Yeah, I think that's really important because we want to avoid things like trans fats, high fructose corn syrup, and MSG. We're going to be talking a little mm-hmm. bit more about MSG a little bit later, but I think it's a great option for people. Definitely is. So here's what I eat for lunch now. Usually over the weekends, I make a meal in advance and have the leftovers during the week. And people who know me well know that I love anything with curry. Yummy. So some of my favorites are in the Weight and Wellness Cookbook and Nutrition Guide, like the Thai Chicken Curry or the Indian Curry. And I also like to add a half of an avocado with my lunch because I really need that extra fat to keep my blood sugar stable throughout the day. And we know low blood sugars can lead to compulsive eating. And now we've talked about some solutions. Yeah. And remember, um, Marcy was talking about that person who drove from one McDonald's to another to another. You know, maybe they're going for that ice cream cone or, you know, this time of year, maybe they're they're looking for that shamrock shake. So we mentioned that the cause might be low blood sugar. Something that's very addictive in the ice cream cone could be another cause. So what are some of the chemicals that we find in processed foods? Well, what about the MSG? Jennifer, didn't you have a friend who had a shamrock shake and got sick or something? Yep, I had a friend last week who contacted me, and she had a pretty bad reaction to the shamrock shake that she had never had before. Oh, interesting. So I went, looked up the ingredients online, Mm -hmm. and I discovered um, there's two pages of ingredients. That's it? (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, there was the MSG, but there was also carrageen, which is um, a derivative of seaweed that can be hard to digest. And Mm -hmm. a lot of food dyes, and they've added some... Uh, crystalline dyes to it. And I imagine any one of those is what made her sick. And Shelby, didn't you have a friend too? I actually just had a client yesterday who said that it was kind of one of those those treats 
Her and her husband, you know, just shared a small one. And she was ill for two days. She said her stomach just didn't feel right. So I don't know what's in there or Mm -hmm. if it's the MSG that's changed or the food dyes. But there's something around those shamrock shakes. They are are not lucky anymore, (laughs) guys. (laughs) Yeah, my friend said it looks greener than it usually does. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, stay tuned, listeners, because we just developed a shamrock shake with real food. So yes. stay tuned if um, if you see that on our website or if you get that uh, through our newsletter. Yes, that'll be, they are very delicious. Yes. So tasty. Yeah. So, I think, ahead. you know what? We have a caller. I think we'll take a caller quick before we go to break here. Norm, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. How can we answer your questions today? Morning, Norm. Good morning. Uh, I just want to relate something that happens to my wife as far as food sensitivities. Yeah, And uh, for a number of years, she's had AFib, and we found that MSG was definitely a, a cause for having, she would uh, have AFib attacks mm-hmm. during the night. Yes. And almost within uh, 12 to 24 hours after MSG. So we've been very careful about that. Mm-hmm. But after she's avoided that, uh, she still had attacks. Mm. And we've gone through uh, uh, doctors and heart specialists, and they don't really know what was causing it. But uh, a while back, I read a book by the Wheat Belly author. Yeah. And he, yeah, he did a uh, article about a woman who had AFib attacks, and mm-hmm. she went off with gluten. Right. Well, my wife went off gluten seventy-three days ago, and she hasn't had one attack. Fantastic. Wow. She was having at least one a week. Wow. And uh, so gluten has definitely uh, been a solution to uh, her problems. So I just want to let you guys know that. Oh, you well, probably do know that, but maybe the listeners, some of the listeners did not know. Oh, thank you, Norm. So those those processed foods, come back and get us. You're exactly right. Right. Yeah. And so, the, uh, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> we're thankful that a lot of stores around here have gluten-free items and restaurants are now having uh, menus with gluten-free items so that's yeah. right so, stay anyways, tuned norm great job just want to let you know thank Thanks, you well stay tuned norm because we're going to be talking about one of our favorite gluten-free restaurants at the end of the show Ooh, fun yes and you know also that's a great point to bring up to listeners too that it's not just gut health that can be one of your symptoms or um, it be expressed that way. You know, sensitivities are expressed in a lot of different That's ways. That's right, Marcy. So, well, you guys, it's time for our third break. Um, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Marcy Vasky, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with my co-host Jennifer Schmid and nutrition educator and Shelby Hummel, who is also a licensed nutritionist. You know, this past week, I've had phone appointments with clients that live in Texas, um, North Carolina, and even Australia. You know, so we can really work with anyone around the world, you know, by phone or by Skype appointments. So uh, please call in to schedule an appointment with one of us. Our office number is 651-699-3438. And again, if you have questions about compulsive eating or this intestinal health that we're talking about today, call the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So some of you listeners may be interested to hear that 
Insurance companies can cover nutrition counseling for chronic disease. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would um, call your insurance provider and see if that's something that they would offer. Well, before we get back into our topic, I want to give you a little bit of information about um, some of the legislation around mental health reform. So on December 7, 2016, the Senate passed the Mental Health Reform. So that 21st Century Cures Act marks the first time Congress passed legislation specifically designed to help get coverage for those with eating disorders. So call our office or check with your insurance company to see if they provide this service. You can reach our offices if you have more specific questions at 651-699-3438. And it looks like we have a caller on the line. We do have a caller. Um, Welcome, Jerry, to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. uh, Hey, quick question. Um, Wondering about healthy fats and if you eat a lot of lean meat and want to maybe supplement with uh, some healthy fats like coconut oil, how much are we talking that you would be uh, consuming a day? Like um, we're talking like a teaspoon with every meal or tablespoon with every meal or three tablespoons or what? Yeah, what we um, teach and talk about at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to do a at your meals, you want to do one to two tablespoons, and at your snacks, you want to do about one tablespoon of healthy fat. Okay, so one to two, and then one. So, um, so you could conceivably be, um, you know, if you eat like five of those little small meals, kind of like I do every mm-hmm. day, uh, you'd be uh, really pounding the pounding the coconut oil, then, right? I mean, like ten tablespoons, maybe a, throughout the day. Possibly, yes, definitely. Okay, okay. and um, do uh, is is coconut oil and avocado oil are they kind of equivalent? Or avocado, I mean that avocado oil. Olive. Um, avocado. If you eat avocado, they have pretty healthy fats, right? Oh yes, yes. yes. Avocados mm-hmm. are great healthy fats. So, Jerry, um, if you're doing like a half of an avocado. Um, at lunchtime or even, you know, with, with your eggs in the morning, that would be a great way to get those healthy fats. So, yeah, depending on that, if you're doing nuts or seeds, that would be more like a quarter of a cup. So each okay. one is a, a little bit different. But. That's right. And and the variety of healthy fats is important, too, to keep in your, your meal Absolutely. plan during the day. Don't yeah. just eat coconut oil all day long. They have okay. all the different fats have different benefits. So variety is great. Thanks for your call this morning. You bet. Thanks. All right. You know, so let's just get back to topic here quick. Boy, the show is wrapping up already. Um, You know, we've already mentioned that the cause of compulsive eating can be really complicated. Um, But we've talked a lot about how it can be really seen from gut health. Mm -hmm. So how can we improve our gut health? We haven't talked about that yet, right? So what we want to do is maybe start out um, by using a product or a, a probiotic um, the one that we recommend very often for our clients is something called bifidobacteria. It's one of the most beneficial bacterias we have in our intestinal tract. It's actually, we get it right away from our mother's breast milk, and it is 70% of what our good bacteria is made up of in our intestinal tract. 
So when we suggest this to our clients, what we do is tell you to take it about 10 to 15 minutes before mm-hmm. you eat, you know, on an empty stomach. That way it gives um, your intestinal tract time to, you know, get ready for food and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, help you digest things a lot more quickly. Um, another one that we, we talk about too a lot is going to be that L-glutamine. So L-glutamine is an amino acid and that is fantastic for um, tissue healing. It also, when it's combined with that bifidobacteria, really can decrease those sugar cravings. Mm-hmm. So if you're a sugar craver, man, run in and get some bifido and glutamine, right, girls? Right. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, and at the end of the day, what we're talking about is it really just helps decrease that compulsive eating because, you know, you're not having that sugar craving. You're eating all day long with your bifido and glutamine and your blood sugar's balanced. And it's definitely going to help with some of those digestive complaints. So... That's right. And, you know, those are the very supplements that I take very day. They're so healing for my digestive tract. And I also enjoy incorporating some fermented vegetables in my diet for some more beneficial bacteria. Sure. I really like the traditional sauerkraut, like the Bubby's brand. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoy flavored varieties. One of my favorites is the beet ginger. And I find them at my co-op or maybe at the farmer's market. What about pickles? Yeah. Pickles, do either of you tried the Bubby's pickles? Oh, yeah. Oh, those are my favorite. They're to, delicious. To wrap that up around a little piece of ham or... Yeah, and some um, cream some cheese. turkey yes. with either some cream cheese or I will typically do like guacamole and have oh, like yeah. a little a little deli roll-up with a nice crunch inside. Oh, look at my you. Probiotics. You're so creative <laughs> in my probiotic roll. Yeah. <laughs> you... you you want to focus on always getting those fermented vegetables in the refrigerated section. That's you, right. Yeah, you never want to buy them off of a store shelf um, or the ones that have vinegar in the ingredients because they don't contain that beneficial bacteria. Yeah. Are there any other probiotic-rich foods that you ladies like? Um, no, I'm just a pickle girl myself. You're a pickle girl. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sauerkraut, not so much, only if it's not at all. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> what about the gut shot? Have either of you tried? Yes, the, I have the gut shot. Yes, oh. I haven't. I haven't been um, brave enough to try yeah, that yet. But. I it's it's really good. It, it comes in different flavors, and I think that again, it comes in that ginger beet flavor I was oh, talking about. Oh, there you go. And I also like coconut kefir as well. Okay, so something mm-hmm. that's not dairy, but exactly. still has some of the benefits. So yeah, yeah, always good to keep those fermented foods going. As long, and in addition to your probiotic, because we can't actually get enough, you know, um, good bacteria out of those fermented foods. So we've got a lot going against our gut. So we do every single healthy. day. Yes, yeah, that's right. right. Well, we talked about so much today. Should we give our listeners an opportunity to kind of wrap their head around everything we've that's, talked about? That sounds great, Shelby. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how poor digestion can lead to an eating disorder and also to compulsive eating. Both of these are very complex and complicated health conditions. Most people need ongoing weekly support to learn how to eat in order to heal your intestinal tract. That was key for me. If you were to look inside the intestinal tract, it's so complex. You know, we have over 500 different species of bacteria, some good, some bad. The intestinal tract is about 26 feet long altogether and contains about three and a half pounds of bacteria. Think about that. That's amazing. (laughs) 
If we were to spread out the surface area of the intestines, it would cover a tennis court. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? (laughs) It's such a good visual. It is. Which is why it's so important that we do what we can to keep our gut healthy. That's right. You know, so again, like we I talked about just a bit ago is doing that good probiotic, doing some, you know, good L-glutamine to help break down those sugar cravings that you might be having. And it also helps us. Um, you know, use and make some good B vitamins. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of things happen then in that digestive tract. So not only do we break down our food, but we also make our B vitamins. Well, why do we care about B vitamins? Well, they help us manage stress. And we know that B12 is also important for energy and well-being. So definitely want those B vitamins. They also make our brain chemicals like Um, serotonin. So 90% of our serotonin is made in our intestinal tract. Right. And that's usually an interesting fact for people. They think it's just made in your brain. Yeah. So tune in next week to hear Joanne and Tina discuss fats and oils for healing with special guest Tamara Brown, owner of Sassy Spoon. Sassy Spoon is one of the only restaurants I can safely eat at without fear of cross-contamination with gluten, and the food there is fantastic. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.